Welcome to the Huff and Stuff podcast, where common sense is being brought back to our society one episode at a time. Relax. Turn your radio and headphones up. The show starts in three, two, one. Welcome back to the Huff and Stuff podcast. I am your host, Nick Huffsteller, coming to you from the Palmetto State, South Carolina. If you're a first-time listener, thank you very much for listening in. Like I said on the last episode, we have now expanded the podcast to the Apple platform. So if you have an iPad or iPhone, the app already comes on there, so you can listen to it for free. Again, we are on Apple and Spotify, so if you like what you hear, please share with your family, friends, and coworkers. Keep sharing those pictures of you putting the shopping carts back. Everyone I get, I will be posting them on the Instagram story. Also send pictures of the potholes. Hashtag SCDOT, and I will get those to the DOT as well, and uh, we'll go from there. Today, I'm very excited. We have a repeat interview co-host today. Uh, You're very familiar with him from the last podcast, uh, like two episodes ago. It's Mr. J. So, Mr. J, thank you very much for being here again, round two. Well, I appreciate you inviting me back. I guess I'm not surprised, you know, that you'd be back this quickly, but uh, it's always a joy. And worked at the polls yesterday, enjoy working in the elections. How did that go? Oh, it went well. Um, we had a couple people get a little upset because it was a primary election and they did not want to tell us what party they wanted to vote in. And, uh, you know, I got an honorary degree in sarcasm. So uh, it, it, now l- listen to what this is. This is a primary election. Right. The object of a primary election is when you as a voter get to choose what party you want to have candidates running. And so if you do not tell us what party you're a member of, we cannot decide which ballot to give you. You're, we're either going to give you a, a candidates in the Republican or Democratic Party. But we had one lady who told us that they were going to complain to the election commission about, you know, us asking them what party they're in. I really? said, ma'am, you're free to do that. In fact, I encouraged her to do that because maybe the second time when somebody explained it to her, she'd understand what a primary election was. But you have to pick either Republican or Democratic Party. Right. So we can tell you who the candidates are, and you, and then as a member of that party, you get to slim down, narrow down who you want the candidates to be in your party. A couple of years ago, we didn't even have the Democratic primary election the same day. We had them separate days, and it was a good thing to put them into uh, into one day and on a work day. A couple of years ago, they were on a Saturday, and we didn't get as many voters out. But I always enjoy some people, you know... Uh, who kind of threaten us or do not know really what they're um, what they're doing there at the election day. But I enjoy working at the election. It's good to be back. Good. Thank you very much. Like I said in a couple episodes ago, we are soon approaching July the 4th. Me and Mr. J did an episode a couple weeks ago on... Mr. J and I. Excuse me, Mr. J and I, still <laughs> correcting me 16 years later, Mr. J and I. Uh, did an episode a couple, uh, two episodes back on the Constitution, First and Second Amendment, and I asked him to come back. We're soon approaching Fourth of July, and I wanted him to discuss um, the Declaration of Independence, July Fourth, why we celebrate it, and we'll get into that here more in detail. All right, Mr. J, we got some headline news topics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we recently had uh, some win wins for the Supreme Court. Uh, 
very controversial topics. Last week, we saw they overturn Roe versus Wade last Friday. A um, couple of other court decisions, they came out with that, too. Let's let's go ahead and get into Roe versus Wade. What's your take on that? Well, that reminds me of, you know, when you had Brown versus Board of Education and Plessy versus Ferguson, which oh, probably took, what, 80, 100 years to reverse a Supreme Court decision. It's not often Supreme Court reverses its decision, but it can, and sometimes it does. Uh, Brown versus Board of Education, Plessy versus Ferguson was the Supreme Court case where they said separate but equal was okay. Uh, that would be segregation. And of course, in the 50s, they reversed it. Uh, Roe versus Wade just, it goes back to the way things were. It does not outlaw abortions nationwide. It leaves it up to the states, which I think ought to be a state issue. And I think a lot more issues ought to be state issues. But, uh, you know, the people are free to protest, but I think it's a little after the fact and it's a little late to protest. But uh, I personally think it was a good decision. I think it ought to be up to the states. And uh, pretty much conservative states will be conservative. Liberal states will be liberal. Uh, not a whole lot will change, but uh, stay tuned on that one. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think the, the main concern right now is, though, you know, we have this law, we have the court system set up, it, and that's what we've established as a country, but you need to let it play its course, not be going to these judges' houses and protesting and threatening to burn their house down. I mean, it, it's it's a whole new level of that, and people who are posting this on social media, these judges' addresses, that should be addressed. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Uh, a person ought to be safe in their home. If you don't, I, I tell you, if you don't like it, do think, uh, several things, you can vote. Mm-hmm try to enact or change things. And then if you don't like it, uh, you know, maybe kind of blunt, but then just move or leave. Um, right. But a lot of people who are out protesting, they probably haven't even voted to begin with. And, um, uh, you know, when you when you take violence into your own hands, some of the things these people say is just absolutely ridiculous. I've heard a lady say, well, we lost all our liberties and freedoms. No, you didn't. You didn't lose any of your liberties and freedoms. Correct. They might have been restricted, but you didn't lose them. And just reiterate, like you did last episode, nowhere in the Constitution does it give you a right for an abortion. Right. It was the previous decision was the opinion of a majority out of nine judges. And this is another decision. You have different people in the court. It's a different decision. Somewhere in the future it could be reversed again. I don't know. But, uh, you know, and people say, well, we got to increase the size of the court. or We had to do this or that. No, the rules are made and you have to stick by the rules. No, I agree with that. Um, let's go ahead and jump to the next uh, topic with the Supreme Court. Uh, Joseph Kennedy was that football coach who prayed off the sidelines and they told him that it was a violation of First Amendment speech, um, that he should not be praying. And the Supreme Court ruled, no, he had that First Amendment right to pray. Right. What's your take on that? Oh, I wasn't surprised by that at all. Uh, that came from a lower court somewhere. And again, a lot of these dis decisions, it all depends what court, what area of the country, what the judges are. You have areas of the country like the Northwest, they're very liberal, parts of New England, they're very liberal. You have uh, judges and district courts and circuit courts in the South that are very conservative. So now that wasn't, that wasn't a surprise at all. In fact, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the guy turns around, maybe even sues someone and gets some money out of it. Yeah, I, hope, I really hope he does. 
Um, all right. Another thing the Supreme Court did this past week was in New York, I guess you had to establish some type of reason why you wanted a gun. And the Supreme Court ruled in New York that that was unconstitutional as far as you wanting to uh, say why you wanted to conceal weapon. The Supreme Court said that it's unconstitutional, why you had to prove why you needed a gun. Not a surprise there either. It's, uh, it's again, uh, uh, states trying to be specific in how they interpret the Constitution and to narrow people's rights. And when you take it to federal court, federal courts already supersede state laws. Right. All right. Uh, another issue we have, I don't know if you saw the news yesterday, they found, uh, I think, over 51 illegal immigrants dead in the back of a truck. Right. We have all these thousands of uh, immigrants uh, forming a caravan at the Mexican border trying to come over, wanting Joe to get rid of Title 42. From my research, Title 42 uh, gives the president certain powers to prevent people from coming in the country due to like diseases or sicknesses or something like that. What's your take on that? Well, when the Democrats took office, people saw that as changing in several areas. First of all, we would be going green, which we are. Everybody should get an electric car and the price of gasoline has gone up. Uh, we would not restrict immigration. And of course, we've seen a change there. We have record number of immigrants coming. And when they come in, we don't know who's coming in. We don't know how they're coming in. So you're going to have deaths. You're going to have drugs coming in. You're going to have violent offenders coming in. And really, we're not getting any direction or leadership from Washington at all on this. And, and people shouldn't be surprised by it. I just feel sorry for states where uh, Texas, Arizona, states like that, that uh, border uh, areas where a lot of immigrants come in because they're having to handle this problem. And these people are overwhelmed with it. Sure. It, it, it's horrible on these states. Right. And like I said, we'll see. They said there are people around about the thousands trying to get over here. So we'll see what happens with that. All right. On a side note, we've all seen it. We've all seen the memes. We've all seen the gifs. We saw that Joe Biden fell off of his bicycle <laughs> <laughs> a couple of days ago and everybody rallies around him. Um, <laughs> Mr. J. Well, well, they make training wheels. Correct. Okay. Um, is it amazing? Almost every weekend, the president goes back to Delaware and rests and relaxes. Uh, in fact, I saw something in the news where now they're giving him a piece of paper that tells him exactly what to do, like where to go, what to say. It's almost like information sheets so he doesn't blunder or say anything wrong. Um, I, I just think the president is kind of losing it and <laughs> we're, we're just, he's not doing anything. In fact, our country is literally going backwards and things are getting worse. There's no leadership from the Democrats. Right. No, I agree. Like I said, some people said if he can master riding a bicycle, he should do skydiving. So we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens and see how his uh, mental capacity holds up. But we're, it, we're... it was kind of like here in Columbia, uh, we've had uh, almost every night there are shootings, especially in apartment complexes, and they've had uh, they're interviewing these uh, ladies at an apartment complex where they had some young people who were shot. And here's what the ladies told me. They said, if we had in this apartment complex some playground equipment and parks, this would not have happened. I just don't understand. You're talking about 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds who probably broke into a car, stole the gun. They're out at two or three in the morning. You're going to have to have lighted playgrounds for those kids to be able to play instead of going out and breaking into cars and steel guns. There's absolutely no correlation between those two events. 
some I don't know where some people are going or coming from when they make comments like that. Well, of course, the responsibility is going to come back on us, the right. taxpayers, to raise these people's kids. It's our fault that they're committing crimes. Yeah, where the what is a fourteen-year-old doing out at two in the morning? Where's the parent? Correct. Where's the responsibility there? Yeah, yeah. It's always like I said. It's always going back to the citizen. Like you said, what the government can do to help me and my family. It's it's the the taxpayers and the government's problem to always raise these kids and solve their problems and solve world issues, which it, like you said, it boils back down to the parents. All right. That's all I had on hot topics for the news. Um, Mr. J, I'm going to let him take over here in just a minute. He has a couple things he'd like to say. Let me reiterate, like I did in the first episode, when Mr. J was back in high school, Excuse me, when he was taught in high school. <laughs> when, when I was back in high school, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I remember when we got electricity. <laughs> he remembers the Mayflower and all that. Um, so when we were back in high school, before class would start, Mr. J would bring out his briefcase. He'd bring out his file, and he collected all these articles and newspaper clippings, and they were called Mr. J's Tidbits. And one of the per the people who listened to the last podcast requested that Mr. J do some tidbits. So before we uh, recorded this episode, I told Mr. J, I said, pull some of them out of the file. Some people want to hear what you have to say and anything else he wants to add. We'll go ahead and let him take over here. So, Mr. J, go ahead. Well, now, you know, it wasn't just Mr. J's tidbits. It was the best of Mr. J tidbits. I I'm had sorry. to read through all the material people <laughs> gave me, and I only gave you the best. Okay. So, you know, Mrs. J and I were out the other day, and we went by this uh, tennis court we'd never been by before. And Mrs. J looked at me, and she said, Miss J, who is that person out in the middle of the tennis court? I looked at her, and I said, I never met her, but I think her name is Annette. And you'll get that. Okay, here's Jerry's jokes. These are Jerry's jokes. It's only in America do banks leave both doors to the vault open and chain the pens to the counters. And, you know, you can go to any bank, you'll see that. Right. Uh, only in America, and this is true, especially in South Carolina, my neighbor, do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and put our useless junk in the garages? <laughs> now, here's uh, these are one-liners. Okay. Um, corduroy pillows. They're making headlines. I always like that. I think that's a good um, Energizer Bunny was arrested, charged with battery. This is a nine on the Richter scale. You know, I had that Richter scale, one to ten. Wear short sleeves. Support your right to bear arms. Yes. <laughs> now, why do psychos or psychotics or psychiatrists have to ask you your name if they already know what it is? And many people quit looking for a job when they find a job. Their statistics show that. So. Yes. Thank you very much. Well, uh, you got any more? Oh, not, not today. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anything as far, I know you are an avid watcher of the news every hour. Is there anything oh, I else? I watch news all the time. Anything else you'd like to bring up for discussion as far as hot topics? Anything you'd like for the people out here to hear or your opinion on some stuff? Well, I, you know, I just think that, that the Democrats are going to be in trouble in, uh, in the November. The president has tried, uh, uh, blaming uh, the Republicans. He blamed the war. Now he blamed oil companies. Nobody's at fault, but isn't it strange that just two years ago we were exporting oil and gas was like, uh, what was it, $2, $2.40 a gallon, and you could go to the grocery store and everything was well stocked and the price didn't keep going up. Um, yeah, if you're a Democrat, you're going to be in trouble. I tell people 
All you have to do is go, go across the river, look at Richland County, and they elected a uh, Republican as mayor of Richland County, and that tells you what's going to happen in November. Yeah. Like I said, for the sake of the country, fingers crossed, I hope you're right in November when we see the, the primaries come open or the the voter uh, part come back open on that. All right. Um, without further delay, I guess we'll go ahead and jump into this episode. Like I said in the beginning, in the intro of the episode, we talked about the Constitution the last time I was with Mr. J and I asked him to do another episode on the Fourth of July Declaration of Independence. Oh, um, by the way, do you like all the flags in my yard? I did. I saw that. <laughs> Very patriotic. Most patriotic house in the, re- I, in the neighborhood. I have lights that come on patriotic. I am a very patriotic person. My mom and dad both came to this country from foreign uh, countries. My dad actually came through Ellis Island. By the way, they came legally. That was my next question. They learned the English language. Uh, I can remember going to my grandparents' house. Uh, my dad was Polish. My mom was German. And if they did not want us to know what they were talking about, my grandparents both got newspapers in their native languages, and they would just go talk German. They would go talk Polish. And we didn't even have to leave the room because we didn't understand it. Right. But uh, I remember when my uh, mother's parents were here for 40 years, they had a big celebration for Holiday Inn in Saginaw, Michigan. Both sides of my family loved and appreciated this country. Is this country perfect? Oh, no. We got a lot of problems. But I'm telling you what, it still supersedes most countries. And a lot of these athletes and politicians and people paid millions millions of dollars to participate in sports. All they do is criticize it. Hey, if you don't like it, like I said, vote, make changes. And after that, if you don't like it, leave and go somewhere else. Let me ask you this. I was going to ask you this towards the end of the episode, but I'll go ahead and ask it now since you brought that up. Does America mean more to you now knowing what your parents went through? Like, what what does America mean to you? Oh, I, I am just thrilled to death compared to where I could be. It's like, you know, these Ukrainians, uh, you have to give those credit, those people credit for fighting. They love their country. They're going to do whatever they can to keep their country. Sure. Um, you know, I watch some of these TV shows that that, that uh, have these people are trying to raise money for um, various projects. And you watch some of these people who've came in here just recently from foreign countries. They have a great love for their mom and dad, the sacrifices they made. And my mom and dad never went a day to high school in the United States. Really? You didn't have to back then. And my uh, mom and dad both, um, that was the only time my mom ever worked is when my brother and I went to college. It was very important for my mom and dad that we both, my brother and myself, both go to college, went to private colleges. And they really sacrificed because they saw the importance of an education. But uh, you look at some of these TV shows where these immigrants come from foreign countries who came in here legally, they will work two and three jobs. Yep. They will save every penny. And now they own or control the business and they literally will cry because of the sacrifice their parents made. They appreciate this country. Sure. They love this country. You you go like to Florida where the Cubans are who came over. They don't expect a handout. They're not afraid to work. They don't expect the government to give them a penny. Uh, they love this country. And, you know, my mom and dad's side of the family, they all work. Nobody is on welfare. They love this country, and, and I appreciate this country. This is a great country. We have a great heritage. And you get these people, all they do is whine and complain, 
I don't have this, the government out of this. I don't expect the government to do anything for me. I expect to work. And I think in this country, yeah, there'll be setbacks, but this is America, so I know the free and home of the brave. That's right. What Now, what did your what did your parents do? My dad was just a factory worker. He never had a choice of job. He, he just was happy to work. Uh, you know, my brother and I both had choices. We, we, we were able to go to college. We could decide what we wanted to be, where we wanted to work. My dad really never had that opportunity. He, he was just a very hard worker. A very, very smart person. He just picks stuff up. If I knew half of what my dad knew. Now, I have a book education, but he had a practical education. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next. Now, how, you know, him being mainly physical labor, how did you come into the uh, education sector? Is that just something you've always wanted to do or... I just, yeah, I, I enjoy working with people. I uh, I love history. I love government. I love politics. And um, I when I graduated, of course, I was a social studies major. People say they're a dime a dozen. They may not even be with that anymore. Right. But uh, I worked for two years, midnights in a factory for the most part. Now, I had a master's degree. And I was working the next county over, uh, midnights in a factory up in Michigan in the winter. And most of the guys I worked with, they didn't even finish high school. And I think that experience taught me a lot and made me even a better teacher because when I became a teacher, I appreciated it. I was finally doing something I wanted to do and was trained to do and had an education for. I love teaching. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, 16 years later, here we are still talking. (laughs) So like I said, it just goes to show, you know, how how well you are at your job and you know, your legacy lives on. Um, all right. And that's, let me go ahead and say this too. That's definitely a success story. I mean, his parents came over here the right way and you know, everybody wants to come over here now without any paperwork, you know, any kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sneak under the fence. Sneak under the fence. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, exactly. Um, you know, no, there's right and wrong way to do things, and you just can't let people come into the country. That's right. You're right. Like I said, every every house has doors, and every country should have borders as well, and you need, you need to do it the right way, and I think Mr. Jay attested that as well. All right, Mr. Jay, let's go ahead and dive into this. The Declaration of Independence, um, I'm going to let you take it over from there, the history of it, you know, where we still are with it, and take it away from there. Well, the the Declaration of Independence is a great document. It's not very long. And all it is is the Declaration of Our Independence. The Declaration of Independence did not describe, prescribe, talk about any form of government. Um, Everything changed for the Americans in uh, 1760 when King George III became King of England. Everything changed for us and everything changed for the English-speaking people. King George, when he became king, said, I'm going to not just be king in name only, I'm going to be king in deed. And so uh, you had people who had been in America now for second, third generation. And for about 100 years, the Americans were left alone. Uh, There was no country as great as England back then. And like I said, you had, it's like the, the children of Israel, when they went over to the promised land, they never crossed the Jordan River. They only learned about experiences from their uh, mom and dad. So you had kids who grew up here. You had second generation. All they knew was the 13 colonies. They knew nothing about the mother country. Now, when King George III came to power, 
He said, we've got a lot of debt. And he said, we need to start paying for that debt. And all the other colonies are going to start paying for that debt. And he put the full Nelson, he put the squeeze on not only the colonies, but also the English-speaking uh, people. There were people in England who did not like King George III. So not only was it opposition from the colonies, but there was opposition from the English-speaking people. And that got the ball rolling very, very quickly, which resulted in our Declaration of Independence. And, and because we'd been left independent for 100 years, you had people over here who were called Americans. That's all we knew. If you didn't make it here, if you didn't grow it here, it didn't exist. Now, obviously, we're, we were still English-speaking people. We were under control of the king, but we'd been left alone. And you know, it's like when you're growing up as a kid, if you do something, your parents don't say anything, your teacher doesn't say anything, you just take for instance, it's okay. Right. Just, I'm not bothering And so when he put the, the squeeze on us and wanted to tax us, uh, by 1774, we already had the, the uh, first Continental Congress where every colony except Georgia came, and they began opposing what the king was doing, but they said, we realize we're still Englishmen, we're under control of the king, but we just don't like what he's trying to do. And by the next year, all 13 colonies were, were at the uh, Second Continental Congress, even uh, Georgia was there, and things were so bad already, they appointed uh, George Washington commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. Well, there was no Continental Army. It was nothing but militia men and colonies who were willing to supply troops. But that is how swift and how quickly things had changed, the fact that we were already raising an army. See, you couldn't, you couldn't coin your own money or anything in the colonies because we were colonies. Right. And so by then, we already uh, came up with the Declaration of Independence. And all it was was a document that had uh, really it, it did three things. It told the world and the 13 colonies that we were declaring independence. You need to remember, we didn't have telephones. Only thing we really had was newspapers. It took weeks and months for those 13 colonies to learn uh, that we were going to declare independence. So the Declaration of Independence issued to the 13 colonies and foreign countries that we were going to declare independence. We were going to be a new nation. We were informing um, the world of our intentions, because we also realized, number two, that we needed foreign support. Um, we were really broke. We didn't have any money. And thank the Lord that France and other nations were going to help us. And it told us also that we weren't going to turn back. We weren't going to change our mind. Now, when you look at the de Declaration of Independence, there's really four parts. There's a preamble, which is an introduction. And then there's that uh, Declaration of Rights that we think we had as Englishmen. And, of course, one of the big things is no taxation without representation. Uh, we didn't have really anybody speaking for us in Parliament, but none of the colonies did. We were a colony. Right. And, and England believed colonies existed for the betterment of the mother country, and, and they ought to be thankful for the liberties and freedoms we gave us. Whereas the colony said, hey, listen, you've left us alone for 100 years. We've done well. But the main part of that Declaration of Independence was what we call these 26 grievances or charges or claims against the king. And it really wasn't against Parliament. It was against the king. And in our Statement of Independence, we just said, you know, we're pulling out. Really, we should have never won our independence. But the thing that was in our favor is that in good weather, it took at least three months if you got any ship to get from England to the colonies. And three months is quite a bit of buying time. Today, of course, we can get rockets here in like literally hours. Sure. But because of that 
that distance, the time span, um, we, we, uh, we had, and of course, England was not accustomed to fighting here. You know, you look at the, the, the Battle of Lexington Concord where the British soldiers came with their red coats on and the drums are beating and they're marching in line, whereas we learned from the Indians that you hide and you get behind trees. We never, ever should have won our independence, but we did because of fortitude. But the Declaration of Independence is a great, it did not, like I said, set up any type of government. It didn't even talk about government. We were just worried, can we pull this thing off? Can we win? We should not have won, but we did. And of course, it made a great American out of George Washington. And, and uh, there just was a willingness to fight. And for the most part, uh, our soldiers were Minutemen who were nothing but farmers who were good marksmen because they had to hunt for a living. Right. And um, it's revered as one of the greatest documents in American history, and it is. Can we go back for a minute now? Some of the research I did before the Declaration of Independence was written, didn't Thomas Paine play kind of a role in this before the Declaration was written as far as common sense? Oh, yeah. Thomas Paine was a rabble-riser. He was a troublemaker. He's from up there in New England. You know, there are liberals back there. And there were, there were a handful of people. Most people didn't even think of independence. They were just, you know, middle-class Americans, as you might call today, who are trying to make a living, trying to survive. But there were some people who said, hey, we don't need to put up with this. You had a person already called an American who is not an Englishman. Like I said, it, a lot can happen in a generation. It absolutely amazes me how much this country has changed since I was a kid. Sure. Listen, when I went to high school, I went to a big high school. The doors were unlocked. We didn't have any dog tags. You went in and out of the door. There were no scanners. Right. There was nothing. Right. Today you have all this. There was no violence. Um, it just amazes me how much how quickly can things can change and how fast things can change. And when you look, like I said, in, in 17, at that first um, Continental Congress in 1774, if you would have taken a vote of those men, they would have said, man, we have some problems with, and again, it was mainly with the king, not so much parliament. Uh, we have some problems with the king, but we are Englishmen. We're proud Englishmen. They never would have dreamed that we would even declare independence and let alone it, win our independence. And also, if if I recollect right, or my recollections right, w during this time period too, the colonists were upset too about the high taxes they were setting. They were, but the taxes, to be honest, weren't that high. Right. They just didn't like a tax. They didn't like people telling them what they had to do, just like people today. And, um, you know, when you're left alone and all of a sudden you tell people you have to do this, people didn't like it. Right, right. And... Uh, Another big event, too, was the Boston Tea Party back during that time when all oh, this yeah. was going on, whenever the tea tax, it got too high and they, they had enough. And that's when they um, established and, and said, you know, that's enough and dressed up like Indians and went out there on the harbor and tossed all the tea in the harbor. Uh, the King of England and Parliament actually passed after that Second Continental Congress something called the Prohibitory Act. And it said that the colonies would be cut off trade from England but it also officially removed the colonies from the king's protection. The king actually thought he was hurting the colonies. The colonies actually loved this because they said, we don't need your protection. We don't want your protection. We can defend ourselves. Right. We've done it for a hundred years against the Indians. We've 
carved out these 13 counties. So actually, when the king passed that prohibitory act, they were not upset at all. They actually applauded and said, hey, we, we actually appreciate you doing this. Yeah. All right. When it came time to write the Declaration of Independence, I mean, most of us common knowledge, but who, say everybody knows, who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Well, I think that's one of the neatest things. There were 50, um, 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence. But one of the neat things is you realize when these men signed the Declaration of Independence, they actually were putting their names and their lives on the line. If we had lost the war, every one of those 56 men could have been hung because that was insurrection. And when you look at some of the men who signed that Declaration of Independence, you know, I used to give this as, as homework in my government class. Most of those men, 24 more lawyers, and that's probably true if you go in general assemblies today, if you go into the General Assembly of uh, South Carolina, most of those men are lawyers because they can be away from their office. They can have assistants who do that. Um, but five of those men were captured as traitors and tortured, and then they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Uh, you can just go through the list. These men paid a great price when they signed the dotted line and put their name on that Declaration of Independence, it wasn't just like, well, you know, I think it's a good idea, I'm supportive of it. A good number of them will have their homes lost. Some of them literally gave directions to, uh, I would like you to torch my house so when the British come, they can't use it uh, to raise money or to, you know, kill the animals and feed the troops. These men paid great price, uh, for signing, and some of them were from, you know, here from South Carolina, Middleton, Rutledge, when you go down uh, in the Charleston area, the Middleton Plantation and the Rutledges down that area. Those 56 men uh, paid dearly for signing that Declaration Pence. We don't have Americans like that today around. No, very courageous part. men. Oh, very, yeah. Very courageous. They paid a dear price. Now, from the research I did, there was five people that were kind of handpicked to write the Declaration of Independence, but they said that Thomas Jefferson had was, was the one out of the five men that didn't have a lot of enemies in the Continental Congress and was very eloquent as far as how he wrote, and that's why they kind of picked him to write it because he was a very good speaker. And I think he, he wrote it within two days, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, it's not a long document. Uh, it's not wordy like many times we are today. It's to the point, and it's kind of written in old English. But uh, yeah, they, they picked some good men to write the Declaration. And of course, they'd already gotten it from, uh, there was a man called Richard Henry Lee, who June 7th wrote a... Uh, a resolution in the colony of Virginia. So they already had come across some provisions and documents like this, but yeah, it, it's very well worded, not, not a lengthy document. It's to the point. And again, it's because, you know, this would have to be copied and handset by type. So when you have to do things like that, it's not real wordy and lengthy. Right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read it. This is, again, out of the Patriot Papers, out of by J.J. Pryor. But the preamble, like I said, it's very, very powerful the way it was written. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And uh, those three things are, are key in all of our, our, our lives. And um, very powerful what he wrote in the preamble. Yeah, and it would kind of come back to haunt us because we will be one of the last civilized nations that will have slavery. Right. 
But, you know, we realized we needed everybody on board to get this thing done. In fact, that's why Georgia probably wasn't at the first Continental Congress. They didn't make it there in time. If you come by horseback from Georgia to uh, to get where the meeting was in Philadelphia, that's a fur distance. So, by the way, there were people also in England who were very sympathetic. One of them was Edmund Burke, a great, he's called a father of modern conservatism. There were a handful of people in England who were very sympathetic to what we were trying to do here because there were, men, there were people in Parliament in England who did not like the power that King George III had. England was also changing. King George was not just fighting Americans. He was fighting people in England who uh, wanted more liberties and democracies and freedoms. And of course, eventually uh, England will be away with the king. He'll just be a figurehead. We have our flag. They have their king. But this was a battle that was going on in Parliament between Parliament and the king, just like the king was in opposition to Americans here in the, in the 13 colonies. So let me ask you, when I was doing my research for this, it looks like New York was the only state that didn't show up when all this was out of the, the 13, New York was not on board. Or, or there was something going on in New York why they didn't uh, I'm not send delegates. I'm not familiar with that, but it, it, you know, it might be that they just didn't think it was a good idea or that, you know, I'm not, I don't recall that. You may be correct. Okay, I got you. Um, let's see here. What else we got? Anything else as far not, as? Not offhand. So like I said, just for people listening, so people get an understanding of it, the Declaration of Independence was written before the Constitution. The Constitution was right. written afterwards. And, and then, of course, when we went to Independence, you would have these 13 little colonies, and they'll come up with the, the, the Articles of Confederation, and of course, Confederation never really works. The South found out about that when they had the Civil War. In a Confederacy, the power rests with the state. And one of the problems, and you know, we talked about this previously in the first podcast, one of the biggest problems we had under the Articles of Confederation, we had France who had helped us immensely win their independence. And France wanted to be paid back for their loans. And when you ask states for money, but you don't require it, you don't get much money. And so under the Articles of Confederation, uh, we could ask states for money, but we didn't get much. And one of the worst things a new country is, can do is have a bad credit rating. So we realized under those Articles of Confederation, our country was not going to work as a nation. So we came up with the Constitution. But even then, people were very, very leery of giving a strong central government very much power. Under the... Uh, Articles of Confederation Constitution, most of the power still rested with the states. And of course, ever since uh, Franklin and General Roosevelt, that has switched. Everybody looks to the federal government to solve all the problems now. And, you know, you, you, you help me buy an electric car and you pay my electrical bill and you take care of my college tuition and everything. Uh, the Great Depression in Franklin Delano Roosevelt really changed how we look at the federal government. Uh, he would roll over in his grave, though, if he saw what the country was like today. Sure. Big government. Uh, I'll put a little cliff note version down here at the bottom. So what I put, the Declaration of Independence was designed to break away from the government and the Bill of Rights was designed to establish government. Right. The Bill of Rights, uh, the, the uh, Constitution just provided a federal government. Nobody thought about the individual. It right. was these 13 states. And of course, we had had Bill of Rights in states. 
And individuals started saying, well, what about me as an individual? You know, I'm important. And again, this goes back to the Bible and the responsibility mm -hmm. of an individual in the Bible. Um, and the politicians back then promised that if you ratify or approve the Constitution, we will come up with the Bill of Rights. And most of our battles are today are with the Bill of Rights. It's not with the Constitution. And thank the Lord for the, uh, for the uh, Bill of Rights and amendments that have come after it. Sure. All right. So like I said, we're soon approaching July the 4th. From the research I've done, a lot of people think the Declaration of Independence was signed on July the 4th. Um, they're saying now this is possibly done on July the 2nd. I think yeah. the final writing was in, or the final um, draft of it, everybody put their John Hancock on it, so to speak, on July the 4th, but right. I think it was technically signed on July the 2nd. Yeah, there's been debate about that, but, you know, the 4th, it's, that's history, and it, as long as you're close, I guess it, it's, I, I don't have a problem with it, but it's, sure. it's a great holiday. It is. We have a lot to be thankful for. We very well do. Um, another thing, I don't know if we were going to take a sidetrack on this. I wanted to talk about, you know, this very patriotic holiday. Uh, can you educate us on the history of our flag, the American flag? Well, you know, there's been a lot of different flags, Betsy Rawson and uh, the, the 13 Stars and Stripes. And um, you go into people, this gets into the debate. Well, it's, it is just... Materials, just a flag. I can do with it what we want. I saw in the news where some people burning the flag. I don't necessarily. And when and when the Bush was president, you know, we thought we would amend the Constitution by making it a federal offense to burn the flag. I think the flag ought to be treated with respect, if for no other reason than for Americans who carried that flag and fought for that flag. Sure. Uh, if you want to protest, there's a whole lot of ways you can protest. It's like people, you know. Uh, the ladies' basketball team, and they came out and said, well, we just have to go to our meeting. We can't come out and pledge the flag. Listen, you do what you want to do. You do what you have to do. Um, there's a lot of ways you can protest. You can protest on your own time. You don't have to protest on somebody else's time who's paying you uh, to be uh, to playing for your team and giving you good money. I just think you ought to show respect for the country. Uh, and again, like I said, vote. Take action, write letters, uh, run for office. But if you don't like it, if it's that bad of a country, go somewhere else. Yes. But for an athlete to come out there and, you know, joke around, and, and there's people who have died for that flag. That's right. Um, my dad had five brothers who served in, in uh, World War II. One of his brothers is buried in a uh, cemetery in France. They never sent the body back here. And, and I realize a lot of these people are protesting never served their country. They didn't have to serve in the military. They enjoy the freedoms and liberties. I know we have a lot of problems. I know there's discrimination. But uh, if you want to protest, there's other ways you can protest. But stand for that flag, show respect, show patriotism. Yeah, I'm on board with you on that. Like I said, it's to me, I think it should be a federal law where burning the flag should be a federal crime. Um, like I said, it's just... I'm on the same ground that you are. If you don't like the country, move. I mean, right. taking a knee, burning a flag. I mean, a lot of countries have it a lot more worse than we do. And, you know, you'd be very more thankful once you come back here, I'm sure. Um, anything else on Declaration of Independence? Anything else that comes to mind? Anything else you want to discuss on that? Or what people have forgotten or seem to forget or anything else as far as... Um, 
Anything else we need to be educated on? We, we were just very fortunate as a country to have the people that we had in the States back then. Back then, we had great Americans. Sure. They didn't get in it for name recognition. Um, I mean, if you watch the news today and listen to the news, absolutely horrendous things are said by politicians. They run their mouths. Uh, I, I think... Personally, I was talking to somebody the other day. I, I, I think one of the great Americans today is Mike Pence. And I'll tell you why. I've been watching these uh, hearings that uh, uh, the House is having. You know, Mike Pence was probably the last person that President Trump had who stuck with him. Trump went through staff like crazy. Right. He had more people who were acting. He just could not keep people working for, with him. Uh, to me, Trump was his own worst enemy. Uh, he should have been reelected if he kept his mouth shut. He probably would have been. But uh, the vice president stuck with him. Even today, President Trump speaks very negatively of Mike Pence. But, you know, Mike Pence could have written a book. Could sure. have made a lot of money off. He could be on all these TV shows trying to uh, defend himself. He pretty much has gone in the background, remains silent. Now, he has testified. He has said things when people asked him. But I, I tell you one thing. He has been honest. He's been mature. He looks the part. He acts the part. And for the most part, I think his political career has ended simply because so many Trump supporters would not, would not support him for what he wanted Trump wanted him to do, which I believe violated the Constitution. I believe he's a great American because even though the president wanted him to do something I think was illegal, he did what was right. Right. And there aren't a whole lot of politicians like that around today. He, you know, he's like I said, he's not on the news network. He's not running his mouth. Uh, he sacrificed a lot for this country. I have a high regard for Mr. Pence. I, I'm hoping maybe he'll go back to Indiana and be able to run for some office, but I think it'd be almost impossible for him to run for a federal office because there's so many people oppose what he did, even though it was the right thing to do. Yeah, and like I said, I want to reiterate kind of like what you said, these men didn't care about who they offended back then. You know, they knew what was on the line. They were risking their lives, their family. Well, they weren't politicians. They weren't politicians. We didn't have political parties. Right, and <laughs> they, they decided within themselves enough's enough and something has to be done, and whether that means me or my family being sacrificed, and that's what it has to be. There was a greater... True patriots. There was a greater cause than them. That's right. They loved their state. Uh, when I, I another great American, I always think of is Robert E. Lee. The only reason Robert E. Lee, a great Christian, a great American, the only reason Robert E. Lee went with the South is because he lived in Virginia. Right. He never thought slavery was a good idea. He was a great soldier. And these people, you know, who ride and wanted statues of Robert E. Lee taken out, they know absolutely nothing about American history. One of the greatest Americans to ever live was Robert E. Lee. After the war, he went and took a, a very nominal job, president of uh, Robert, uh, Lee University, went back in the backgrounds, a great general, a great American, a great patriot. But if Virginia had gone with the North, he would have gone with the North and the war would have been over a lot more. He was a states' rights person, but a great American. Yeah, I agree. Um, people who are listening to the podcast, they may be wondering what can they do to get involved to try to make things change. And, you know, I, 
I kind of know the answer to this, but I'll let you give your take on it. What, if there's people listening, what can be done to try to change America and turn America back around? Because I, I feel like we've taken several steps backwards over the years. I mean, the people have no backbone, people have no spine. And what? let's go back to that first. What do you think has caused that? And what can people do to try to change that? I think a lot of it is people just what they expect. Right. I expect the government to do these things. If you listen to people, you know, I have a right to an abortion. I have a right for somebody to pay for my college education. Uh, they, do, they just expect these handouts. You know, people, hey, I'm not going to go out and work for minimum wage when I can sit at home and collect from the government. We don't expect people, work is a dirty four-letter word anymore. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm just worried about the, this generation. And today, people want everything. We want it now. We don't have to. We don't want to have to work for it. We'll put it on plastic. Um, this country is in debt so far. Uh, I, I'm just worried for this country. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go back. What What can people do, in your opinion, to to try to change the country? I, I tell people try to get involved. Go to their county council meetings. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I don't go to council to tell meetings. Me. I think they need to be informed. For instance, you know, I, I, I listen to news a lot, and I know a lot of people don't like the news. My wife gets tired of me listening to news. But I get a couple very left-wing magazines, and people say, why in the world would you get those left-wing magazines? Because I want to know what they're thinking. I, I, I get material now from uh, American Civil Liberties Union, uh, planned pregnant, you know, Planned Parenthood who wants me to send their money. And according to them, I am a threat to democracy. It's interesting <laughs> reading letters. I will read it to my wife. I I like to know what both sides think. I am rather open-minded compared to a lot of people. But uh, be informed. I, I come across people who, I hate to say it, but I would call them ignorant because they just, their mind is completely closed. It does not matter who testifies. It does not matter what they hear. They are just convinced this is the way it is and nothing's going to move them. And I just, you know, I may be wrong, but I think they're wrong. Uh, be open-minded. Vote. It's like yesterday. How did anybody voted? And, you know, be involved. Uh, if you have kids, train them up in the right way. Teach them what's right and what's wrong. Don't, don't rely upon the schools, the education, everything else to do it. If you're a parent, be a parent. Don't, don't uh, you know, I, I was, it never hurt me to tell my girls no. As a parent, that's part of your job. I'm not their friend, I'm their parent. No, I agree with that. Um, and, and my take is if you don't vote, you really don't have an opinion on anything. No, you, you don't. You can sit there and talk about what you changed, but if you didn't go out and vote, then you really don't have a, uh, a voice. You know, yesterday in work to the polls, most of the people who voted were my age. I, right. I can probably count in one hand the number of young people. And people say, well, my vote doesn't count. Listen, my vote counts as much as the President of the United States or anybody else's vote. And people died so I could vote. If you love this country, you get out and vote. And it's amazing when you figure when we go out and vote in November in this country of over 300 million people, nationwide 50 states, you think of all those people who are voting the same day or, you know, a couple weeks before. That is, that's almost unbelievable to me. And if you knew the work involved in voting, until I got involved in working the polls, it absolutely amazes me the work involved in the process of voting. Uh, there's a lot of work involved in that. Just be informed. 
I agree. And like I said, one thing I have learned from you, and I will say this for the audience, Mr. J, he does his research on the representatives and what they represent. People who claim they're Republican, you need to do your research because they may not be Republican and people who claim to be Democrat may not be Democrats. So do your research on these these representatives of your state. Um, Mr. J can tie a table on that. I mean, he, he stays <laughs> in the know and what's going on. He can tell you every representative and it, it's good to get out there to these city meetings and uh, county council meetings when they have them to know who your delegates are yeah, most, most people don't like government, and I don't blame them, you know. I, I told you last week, most kids would not have taken my class except it's required by law, and I think it ought to be required, but most people don't like government or politics because their parents don't. And government makes itself complicated so you can't understand it. Just do your own income taxes. You'll understand what I'm talking <laughs> about. It's double-worded. Right. Government is complex. It's complicated. Um, it's it is corrupt. I'll I'll be honest with you. There, it is very corrupt. But it's what we have. It's what we work with. It has worked in the past. I saw. I, I in fact, I got in one of these magazines this week where it said we had to just throw out the Constitution. It's, it's outdated. It's outmoded. Listen, you got to thank the good Lord. We still have the original Constitution. Right. You can go over to Italy, which is I don't know 14, 15, 16 constitutions. The Constitution has withstood time. Uh, there's a way to amend it. It's true, it's difficult. It's very difficult. But that person has no idea what they're talking about. One thing I wanted to go back on, too, I was reading through my notes here um, in, in regards to the Declaration of Independence. That is the only document that has not been amended. The Constitution has yeah. been amended 27 because times. Because it was just a declaration. Yeah, the Declaration of it Independence. It was a statement has not been changed yeah. at all. And that, I thought that was very interesting on that saying, too. It was just saying, we're going to be free. Here's the reasons why. We're not going back. And by the way, could you help us? We're going to need some help. And thankful France and other countries did help us. And, and you know, again, we should never have won our independence. But uh, the Lord was on our side. Distance was on our side. We had some people who were determined. Um, and we did. And, you know, you can say what you want. Why are people still trying to come to this country? Correct. My mom and dad, when they came here, they came with just a shirt on their back. They weren't afraid to work. They love this country. Oh, we got a lot of problems. But um, hey, let's work together to try and solve them. And I may be wrong, you may be wrong, but let's sit down and discuss it. And you know, they, we've seen some very historic moments with the Supreme Court, and we, we can agree or disagree. Trump had his faults, but one thing he did do with these Supreme Courts to get those two conservative Supreme Court justices, three, the, three of them, in yep. there. He and, did. Um, and they don't like it. They don't, they don't like it, <laughs> like you said. And we'll Let's see what happens. Court. <laughs> I guess that was going to be the next thing. Let's pack the court because yeah. these, these Roosevelt tried that and it didn't work. Are getting people up in an uproar. So, you yeah. know. That, if you don't like the decision, just change the rules. That's a Democrats. Right. Exactly <laughs> right. And like I said, and you can do your patriotic duty. Every time there's an election, go out and vote. That is your time to, to express your opinion. And if you don't, you, you really don't have a voice, in my right. opinion. And, you know, and we don't know about the election fraud in 20, but, you know, keep it fair across the board. This is the, the chance for people to express what they want and what the people want. And, you know, it's changed from paper ballots to electronic now. So you don't know what's all involved in that. But right. it's just uh, 
go out and do your part. And like you said, a lot of young people now do, do not like politics. They don't like the effects of it. They see what people play on TV and they don't want no part of it. It should be fair across the board, but I don't think people realize the decisions that are made today are going to affect us years and years from now. Oh, so right. it's, it's, it's your time now to get involved um, with that. You're absolutely right. All right. Uh, patriotism. Definition of that for you, and we'll wrap it up here in a few minutes. I just it. think it's a love for your country, and if you have a love for your country, you're going to be involved in your country. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And like you said, get involved, go out and vote. Um, Declaration of Independence, like I said, it's, it's a very good document. Like I said, it hasn't been amended, and it's, it's a declaration of what people wanted, and it still holds true to the day. So, all right, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Mr. J, anything else you'd like to discuss yep. while we're here? Get ready for November. Get ready for November. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens in the primaries. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Again, keep sharing those photos of you putting your shopping carts back. Share the pictures of the potholes. We will tag those on the Instagram story. I will be posting uh, on the Instagram page who our next guest will be as far as the interviews go. So keep a lookout for that. Remember, support your first responders, support your truckers, support American-made businesses, your mom and pop stores, keeps the businesses here in the community. Um, put your shopping carts back and y'all be blessed. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to the show. You survived. Apply if necessary. Remember to put your shopping cart back where it belongs. Re-rack your weights. And don't be a lab rat. And no is still an answer. We'll see you on the next episode. Until then, be blessed.